0: My ladies, and everybody else here not sitting on a cushion! Well, we have a rather curious subject this morning. To study our heritage from the past is not simply a waste of time, because most of that heritage is still with us. I think it's it's important to live life with a knowledge of its mystery, and of your own mystery, and it gives life a, a new a new balance, a new harmony to do this. The human story is much more complicated and much more mysterious than we've been taught.
1: We need to wake up as a human species. We need to become our own leaders. This
0: is, the, in my view, the next step forward. When people find out what it is that's ticking in them, they get straightened out. We can win the fight, but we can win a little every day. And every day when we make the smallest victory, there will be a little more of happiness and a little less of pain. Every day, one step forward, even a small decision, will strengthen us for another one tomorrow. And gradually, these right decisions will bring us enlightenment and companionship
2: in the spiritual adventure of existence. Three, two, one. And uh, we're live. So welcome to Wayfinder, everybody. Adam and JC here in the studio, we've got uh, Jim Skellum with us, uh, British Jim, the resident redcoat in San Diego, Mm -hmm. and our special guest for the day, the the legend himself, Lyman Bishop. How are you, sir? Uh,
0: I'm good. I I don't know that I quite fulfill the uh, title of legend, but I'll do my best. No,
2: I just made that up, but you know... So, just to introduce everybody to Lyman. Lyman is a seventy-eight-year-old uh, neo-Marxist socialist who has spent <laughs> his life in politics, getting rich off of the legislation he passes, being funded by big corp. Wait, that was the wrong intro. Yeah. That's, wait, no, no, no. That's that's all. That's our. That's the uh, Democratic candidate I, for the, president uh, right now.
0: Constitutional purist. Oh, okay. And, and the uh, engineer that designs body armor for the people
2: i love it yeah i was i was reading um the bernie sanders and and joe biden um uh, bio oh really yeah yeah that yeah, was yeah. that was my bad that was my <laughs> bad so yeah you're your other end of the spectrum for you <laughs> that's right so yeah lyman uh lyman's a founder and ceo of hoplite armor and uh like you mentioned you're you're the engineer behind the whole thing you design body armor for the people and also for the puppies I actually brought That's a friend right. in. I brought I brought my best friend in, uh, especially for you, Lyman. So hold on. I saw him who...
0: floating around earlier. Did you he see had him? Some kind of harness on him. Yep,
2: Thor, come here. Hold on. Come here. Come here. Let's say hi to the people. Come here. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thorhausen. So Lyman's got got a, a German Shepherd as well. I do. And uh, in a lab,
0: that's right. I used to have two labs, but you probably read how poor Roadie passed the night that I launched the canine armor. Oh man, he
2: passed away. Yeah, it I'm was sorry. the craziest thing. Yeah, well, yeah,
0: things happen. You know,
2: uh, life goes on. It does, but uh, you you did launch. Shh. So Hoplite doesn't just do armor for the people; they do them for the puppos too, which sure is did. I think important in a day and age where dogs are getting shot. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, it's it's happening all the time and it really shouldn't be happening. But so thank you for doing that kind of work. And so, Lyman, I found you um, right after this this Florida shooting that happened a while back where there was like a UPS driver and and the police got involved and things went real bad. The UPS driver lost his life. The criminals died and there was a couple of innocent people shot as well. I think I can't remember all the details. There was so you,
0: two innocent victims,
2: right. Yeah, and you released a statement that was very well written, very eloquent, and very concise, and, and, um, and I think represented uh, what I feel like represents your values really well, right. um, which is just the uh, we the people, we're the ones who should be running this thing. Absolutely. Right? And uh, there should be a government uh, of the people by the people for the people. And I think you and I both agree that that's not really the, government, the governmental system that we have right now. What's crazy to me is that I think everybody kind of agrees that that's not the governmental system we have right now but they keep trying to perpetuate it. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. now you got to you got to vote, you know, for these guys or these guys. You have two options. But meanwhile, everybody's admitting like this whole system's fucked. It's not working. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But we oh, just yeah. kind of keep voting in the in the same system. So you're running for the governor of Montana. Correct. And uh, you're running as a, as kind of a constitutional purist or a libertarian. Right, I it's
0: a, I'm running as a libertarian, right. I was going to run as an independent, um, you know, simply because I didn't want to align myself with anybody. I didn't want to be beholden to anyone. Right. But the Libertarian Party, um, you know, first of all, their platform's pretty right on. Um, you know, historically, we've seen some goofy characters in there. But, um, you know, one of the things that I think I can do for the Libertarian Party is bring a greater sense of unity and, and legitimacy. To, to the entire thing. Um, and it seems they agree with me, oddly enough. Um, immediately after filing, I got a call from the uh, uh, libertarian director for the state of Montana. Uh, I could practically hear his jaw hit the floor while we were talking. Um, I met with some of their other people and uh, without saying too much, I've been asked to keep things somewhat, <clears throat> excuse me, quiet, but Um, They are making a big push in this area and in surrounding states, and they want to use my campaign to sort of spearhead that whole thing, uh, which is more than I could have ever expected. But, you know, we'll certainly work to our advantage. So running as a libertarian proved to be the, the best strategy for me.
2: Well, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. What what makes you a libertarian? A lot of people know what that is. A lot of people don't know what that is. And, and um, you know, we're sort of used to this this system where we've got, like, what, 330-plus million people in America. And mm-hmm. we've got a two-party system. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> 330 fucking million people. And it's like, you have two choices. It's A or B, and if you don't vote, fuck you. You don't have a say <laughs> in anything. How dare you? Um now, Jim, you're you're from you're from England, and a little bit of background on Jim. Jim's a, a close friend of ours, uh, and um, uh, you were a sniper in the British military. Is that right?
1: Yeah, ten years. Spent the best part of a year and a half of my life abroad. Really enjoyed it. Great times.
2: So I, I thought it'd be kind of cool, not just because um, you know Jim is is a great guy and all that stuff, you know, and a funny, charismatic, you know, doofus, but. Also, oh. because with the background in the military and stuff like that, and with firearms and uh, having a passion for firearms and tactical training and all that, I thought Lyman, I think there'd be some good chemistry for conversation there. And also, being from England, where you guys, you guys can't even carry a fucking pocket knife over there anymore, can you?
1: Well, uh, <laughs> well uh, having ruled uh, an empire in the expanse that we did in time, we know all too well about letting uh, the populace of subjugated people stay armed. Hence why we tried it with you guys and you basically gave us the middle finger because you wanted uh, no taxation without representation, which we didn't like. Um, yeah, the, the state in the UK isn't great at the minute and uh, knives are a big issue. Uh, London has become one of the biggest acid attack capitals in Europe. We still have regular shootings. The guns still come in. Uh, all it affects is, as the people rightly say on the Second Amendment, is the law abiding. So it's ever affected
2: right so the good guys don't have guns but the bad guys still do
1: exactly and that's always been the dilemma
2: right and and then when you don't even when you don't have bad guys with guns you still have bad guys with acid and knives and baseball bats and rebar, right
1: and and you know improvised explosive devices suicide vests Uh, in the case of manchester and the 22 girls at ariana grande
2: uh, ariana grande
1: yeah, granddad, that's the one when she was performing, I couldn't think of a name. Um yeah, you you have all that. It still goes on. They even use vans they've had to <laughs> makes me laugh when they say uh build bridges and not walls, but now they've had to put bollards on those bridges to stop people getting mowed down. Uh it's a bit ironic in the least.
2: So basically what we're I guess what we're um what we're saying here is that maybe maybe um, making guns illegal and maybe outlawing, um, personal protection utility is not going to actually make anybody safer.
0: Not at all. Not Lyman, in the
2: slightest. What do you think?
0: Uh, you know, if you want to save society, you really need to arm all the people all the time. Uh, you know, gun free zones. That's just uh fish in a barrel really. Right. So right. This, this is all simple stuff. You, you don't need, uh, uh, you know, a doctorate degree to figure these things out, people sometimes get twisted up in the idea of a uh, a living constitution where we should be holding to its original intent. You know, interpretations get dangerous when the court jumps in and tries to uh, interpret these things according to social norms or, uh, you know, try to validate their changes by way of the fact that uh, of things like mass shootings they're they're losing sight of the purity and simplicity of the document
2: right right because it doesn't i mean the 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 uh the fundamentals don't really change right so we had a shooting in in Texas of course we're we're down here in Texas and um we had a shooting down here in a church just a couple months ago and it was it was short-lived right um it was uh, tragic, someone did lose their life I think one uh, one innocent person Was shot at close range with a shotgun If I remember mm-hmm. But within about three and a half seconds Of that trigger being pulled uh, An armed citizen from about 60 feet away Stood up and, and, uh, and skull capped The fucking shooter Yeah you know, and also about a dozen other people, <laughs> including some grandmas and everybody, stood up, you know, and had their sidearm on them. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And this is what happens. Uh, this is the opposite of what happens in a gun-free zone. Like you said, it's, a, it's fish in a barrel. Right. Know? Right. So we're running on a platform, I'm guessing. You're, you're a big Second Amendment guy. Right. If, you, you heard know, the I, Second Amendment?
0: I've summarized my, my platform as this. I am running on a strict pro-constitutional, zero tolerance for any infringements campaign platform. And that is exactly what it sounds like, right? A return to the original intent of the document across the board, not just the second amendment, but every right that we have, in full, without compromise, end of story, line in the sand, done. Uh, You know, these violations, these abuses against the people will absolutely end one way or the other. I can assure you the people will simply not tolerate it. I, I only represent the will of the people. Right. I'm only here to legitimize the concerns of the people who have been disenfranchised and who feel they have no voice and and who feel that their options moving forward are becoming more and more limited. I'm here to give them another option, a legitimate option, one that will uh, make the transition of power back to the people an easy one.
2: Who the hell are Mm -hmm. you, man? Mm -hmm. Who are are you to speak for the disenfranchised and the voiceless? I am no one. I am
0: everyone. I am Spartacus. At the same time, mm-hmm. oh gosh, yeah, I got—I just kind of led there, didn't I?
2: But you know, sometimes <laughs> I do feel, a little better. Um, you know, I. Well, you gotta be. Strange. I mean, I think I think a proper a proper a, a you know a properly balanced individual with the right intention running for political office. That's exactly what you should be. You should be nothing. You should be no one. You should be everyone. And it sounds kind of philosophical and Aristotelian or whatever, but like that's really it. You know what I mean? You're yeah. you're there to be a fucking conduit. A channel a voice for the people you're not there to exercise your own will or your own intention you're not there to fucking get rich you know and the you know the 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 thing I was saying earlier jokingly about uh, I just read this post this morning about Biden and um, of course right now we have uh, Biden and um, and Bernie Sanders running for the the uh, candidacy for the Democratic nominee for president whatever Um, however you word all that shit Um, and you have a seventy eight year old and a seventy nine year old man they've both never worked a day in their fucking life they've they've literally been career politicians mm-hmm. and they're millionaires. What does that mean right that yeah. congress Congressmen have like a hundred and fifty thousand dollar a year salary or something like that it's not that much i mean they're it's not all rich and they're all rich and they've never Done anything but be in Congress. You don't get rich making 150k a year living in Washington D.C. unless you're making a shitload of other money, you know, <laughs> and you're not getting it from We the People. No, you know right. what I mean. So not
0: willingly. They're they're taking whatever they can from what's ours. Of course, they're using their positions of power to gain influence and to build networks, uh, legal or otherwise. You know, Congress um, is the only group of people in the United States that is legally allowed to. Uh, use insider trading, right? Because they say their position by default gives them access to information, but they shouldn't be restricted from trading shares. Well, you know, that's hypocrisy in in its purest sense, right? Um, These people get enough from us. They serve five years, they get a lifetime salary, lifetime benefits, top tier healthcare, you name it, across the board, And, and, you know, on a certain level, I can understand that Thomas Jefferson was going broke towards the end of his life. We don't want our uh, politicians, people who have represented us on some high level, going broke. Okay, you know, fine, we can accommodate that. But if you're already rich, you don't need anything from us. And, and, you know, and if you're coming in there as an average person financially and walking away rich, uh, I think the people have every right to conduct some form of audit and figure out what's going on. And if you're guilty, well, we've got ropes
2: yeah Mm. (laughs) that's that's it well until we uh until we we uh form a prohibition on ropes (laughs) oh (laughs) that's that's coming coming. that's jim (laughs) jim are you guys still allowed to have ropes in england (laughs) i mean barely
1: barely barely i don't think there's much we can have freedom of speech certainly isn't one of them there's uh it's just one of many blessings you americans have engraved into your constitution and really deep deeply etched into your culture uh, that it's insane to me from across the pond. They're so willingly, ha- they're so happy to give up. There's just no education on the Constitution and, um, and what it holds, what it means. As someone coming from a completely different land, I feel I know more about it than most Americans do. In many cases.
2: Yeah, it's taken for granted for sure. But I mean, it, our our education system, our public education system, is um, is abysmal. I mean, it's, well, that's,
1: it's that's a whole other story.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's you it's know? important to it's important to to um, obscure the history of a people if you want to control them.
1: Exactly, and it's a, it's a it's a trick as old as time. Uh, you know, they're they're just beating around the bush with the same arguments again. Reference, I mean, all all areas of freedom, but especially reference the Second Amendment to, to to stand there on a platform and use the kind of language they're using when describing firearms or what it was intended for, while having no clue whatsoever themselves is nothing short of diabolical. They're not leaders. They don't set an example. I listened to uh, good old Bishop's talk here on the phone. I felt ready. I felt like Mel Gibson in the Patriot. I wanted to go pick up that flag and go charge into the Redcoats myself. (laughs) That was an impressive speech. Uh, But, you know, we, we have to work on the ground up. It starts with education. And the simple... State and love the line shall not be infringed is the most key one to my eyes. What does that mean? It. What does
2: that mean to you, Lyman shall not be infringed? Because I know I hear a lot of arguments from the other side that like people argue over the definition of infringement on rights, right? The, the rights of the people shall not be in fucking fringed, infringed. What does that mean to you? What does that word mean?
0: You know, it, it's as simple as what it sounds like, right? Any violation, any, uh, Encroachment on those rights, right? Any violation of those rights in any regard, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, let's take the uh, the Fourth Amendment and let's look at red flags. All right, clearly that is an infringement on one's Fourth Amendment rights. Uh, I would go so far as to say that in many cases, no-knock raids are an infringement on one's Fourth Amendment rights. Uh, simply due to the fact that there's very little oversight, very little investigation that happens with a lot of these no-knock raids.
2: Well, a lot uh, of them I, are showing up at the wrong house.
0: I was you took <laughs> words right out of my mouth. A lot of times they show up at the wrong house. I put up a post over the weekend um, we had a SWAT raid coming into a house, uh, flashbangs, broken glass, little girl on the ground, guns pointed at her. They get her up. They handcuff this girl in her own home. Uh, it turns out it was a wrong house raid. The neighbor had hijacked their, their Wi-Fi, gone online, made some kind of threat. Uh, the police showed up to, to conduct this raid. Some judge somewhere signed off on it without bothering to conduct any sort of due diligence. And, and this family was terrorized as a result. Their home was damaged. And there will be zero accountability, zero compensation. And the whole thing is just an, an unjust debacle, a violation of our in that case, Fourth Amendment rights, uh, you know, going further with red flags. Right. Where does it start? Uh, somebody's First Amendment right to free speech uh, is questioned and violated. Uh, and in return, a uh, Fourth Amendment violating red flag order is issued. And then what do they do? They come in and take your your firearm. So now they're violating your Second Amendment rights. It's a it's literally a domino effect. Right. Uh, the circular sort of an argument as far as. Uh, Where does it begin and where does it end and where's the justification? It doesn't exist. It it is simply an infringement all across the board. And and in its purest sense, an infringement is just as simple as that. Any violation of those rights as they were originally written and intended. Period.
2: Yeah, that's it. I mean, I think, you know, like you use the word encroachment. That's the word I always think of when I think of infringement. And it's like if you, you know, you can dive into a swimming pool head first you know, and go all the way to the bottom. But you can also just dip your toe into the water and just see if it's cold or not. And mm-hmm. to me, uh, a lot of people want to look at infringement like, you know, you know, the infringement means are you just diving headlong into someone's rights? But to me, dipping your toe into the water, that's you right. know, any effort whatsoever to obstruct or to encroach on or to, to lay a fingertip on the rights of the people, that's infringement. And a single infringement
0: support. on a single man in any case anywhere in the country is enough to in my opinion uh cause an, uh, you know an outcry uh, you know uh, and, and a severe lashback is what what should happen right but um, all too often people uh look past it they ignore it they they think it's not me if i'm not doing anything wrong i don't have anything to worry about that is a slippery slope and a dangerous place to put yourself
2: yeah. Yeah. They just um, it's it's we, we, we've got to speak up for each other and look out for each other, not just when our own rights or the things that the values that matter to us are, are infringed upon. Because it's like <laughs> that old that old thing. Um, when I was growing up, my granddad had this on his wall in his office. And I remember reading this at four or five, six, seven, eight years old. And, you know, it said first they came for the trade unionists and I wasn't a trade unionist, so I didn't object. Mm. You know, and then they came for the Catholics and I wasn't a Catholic, so I didn't object. And then they came for the Jews and I wasn't a Jew, so I didn't object. And then they came for me and there was nobody left to object. And I carried that in my little brain from four, five, six, seven, eight years old on. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where y- you really can't wait for them to come knocking on your door. If you see them knocking on your neighbor's door, you know, you got to you got to stand up for that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um oh. Part of the, the divide and conquer agenda, you know, the, or the strategy, the tactics employed by um, by the powers that be, by the government, by the political system, by the media, is if we can make our make each other, if we can make the people afraid of their neighbors, and make everybody afraid of everybody who doesn't look like them or who isn't doesn't have the same belief system or the same political values. Let me just make everybody afraid of everybody else, and no one's going to stick up for anybody else, and right. then we can just we can just pick them apart like fucking vultures, you know. Yeah. And so. Well, let,
1: Sorry, sorry, Adam, yeah, sorry to cut you off. I'm Let me go. add to that with a, a very recent infringement and something that, you know, there's quite a lot of issues from what I see fracturing within the gun community in America and, you know, the difference between people just love shooting their guns and people who are more Second Amendment ready and want to hide, uh, you know, attain to that idea of being that well-regulated militia as it's written. But take bump stocks, for example. And the rise of that and you say not looking out for people's rights a lot of people took the attitude that when they got banned uh, under trump you know they took the idea that oh they're useless anyway people shouldn't have them and <laughs> i think they are they are they are pretty much a useless tool but it's not the point it's an infringement like how far do these little nitpickings away at your rights you have to go before you wake up, take me behind enemy lines here in communist California with these ridiculous whale tails on the pistol grips and uh, magazine capacities restricted to 10 rounds, it's like at what point are you going to finally turn around and say this is the line, we're drawing it and you're taking far too many liberties and rights, where do, where do you stand with that and you know Bishop's got the right idea, any infringement whatsoever but we're in an age where people just want to compromise. You know, they, they want to live in safety as opposed to having uh, dangerous freedom.
2: What is I know he, which I value more. Uh, he who gives up his liberties for safety deserves and will receive neither. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. as you know. echoed. Correctly. Ben Franklin. Is that Ben Franklin? Mm-hmm. I believe so. Lyman, what are you, uh, what are you going to do when you get elected?
0: Well, day one, uh, I will ratify the Montana Firearms Freedom Act, which was passed in 2009, but which was not ratified by any uh, subsequent governor. Uh, Schweitzer at the time uh, refused to sign it. He got um, he got heat from the ATF and the federal government, and they threatened him with um, uh, removing some portion of federal funding for state activities. So he didn't ratify the document. Um, our current governor, Bullock, didn't even bother to look at it in fact he came out recently and made a statement that said i'm a gunter uh, a hunter and a gun owner uh, and and no one needs a 30 round magazine a bump stock or an assault rifle and i thought that was the uh, most absurd statement i've ever heard from a montana governor i really couldn't believe what i was hearing um, you know, so day one, we're going to do that, and that's going to nullify the NFA uh, in the in the state of Montana.
2: The National Firearms Act.
0: That's right. That's right. Uh, which essentially, for those that don't know, is the, uh, the law that uh, requires tax stamps for various uh, modifications or additions uh, to a firearm, basic, simple modifications. Uh, you know, the idea that we should be limited in any respect with regards to Firearms or firearm modifications uh, has no constitutional basis whatsoever. And, and it is that document that we need to be holding to. And And let's clarify, it's not the Constitution that gives you your rights. The Constitution was not written to grant anybody rights. The Constitution was written to prevent government from infringing on those rights. Uh, the right to self-defense, all these other rights, uh, these are natural rights inherent to all men. Uh, it just so happens that we in this country are the only ones who have bothered to uh, codify that into law in order to preserve and protect the rights of the people.
2: Yeah, that's it. Constitution is is a document not th- not that grants rights, but it's supposed to protect them, the that's natural right. rights we mm-hmm. have from the uh, the the political system. It's done a shitty job. Yeah, now <laughs> yeah. it's used as a tool against its whole
3: purpose. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, you know, but the thing is, I we part of the. Um, you know the thing is like localization of power right lyman so you know taking uh taking back your local governments taking Mm -hmm. back those sheriff spots taking back those governor spots which is what you're you know the precedent you're trying to set is to encourage other people to go run for office not just trying to affect this change yourself because you're not stupid you know you can't do that all on your own but you could be a you could be the match that sparks the flame that lights the wildfire that's Um, the And make a fucking bold stance, which is what you're doing. Speaking of bold stance, I love your concept idea for your um for your campaign vehicle.
0: Oh yeah. That's quite nice, isn't it? The war elephant. The war <laughs> elephant. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah so a... I wanted to do that to a sports car, right? <laughs> uh, you know, make like a James Bond vehicle. The Batmobile
2: live. Those... It's what's the <laughs> fucking Batmobile.
0: Right, right. And um so I'll give you a little story here. Um, we recently had to set up a, uh, a warehouse in Wichita near the factory that makes our armor. We, we started selling enough of it that we were just putting too much pressure on their uh, shipping department. So um, I set a guy up out there. I gave him my truck uh, so he can go back and forth and pick up whatever it is we need, you know, inventory and so on. So here I am. I've got no vehicle and my wife and I were driving uh, past one of the car dealerships, and she was trying to joke with me, and she says, there's your new car, and I I turned my head just long enough to see uh, a big white cargo van, and my eyes got wide, and my jaw dropped, and I looked at her, and I said, you're right, and she says, what do you mean? I said, I need a ballistic van to get around the state, (laughs) four-wheel drive, and then I start, you know, elaborating, right, you know, four-wheel drive, and uh, you know, ballistic panels and, you know, put a couple nice comfy, you know, 360 spinning seats in there. And, um, you know, now the, uh, the drive, you know, eight hours here, 10 hours, there won't be so bad, right. You know, we can make it comfortable we can make it safe. Uh, and I think that is a concern, right? Because with the things that I want to do, with the things that I will do, um, on behalf of the people, uh, to push back against everything that we're talking about is certainly going to make me a target. Uh, now that doesn't concern me in the least, but uh, it, it is certainly something that we should prevent if we can. Um, the last thing we want to do is let uh, uh, those who oppose us win by default through, you know, murder, right? So we're gonna we're gonna do everything we can to prevent that, a- and the elephant is quite a tool for it. Yes, absolutely.
2: <laughs> Flame throwers in the fucking step rails. <laughs> <laughs> caltrops well missiles behind the headlights
0: you know there, there may be some legal issues that i will have to address before i do that but again it was a concept vehicle right and yeah. i wanted people to get excited about it and throw out different ideas so i kind of went over the top in my uh conceptual uh diagrams and
2: uh, well you're an engineer it's your job to go over the top of I conceptual to diagrams yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you, uh, with Hoplite, which I I love the name Hoplite Armor anyway, um, you guys have got some really cool stuff. Uh, You know, I I really, I'm into the body armor thing. I think it's important. There was a while back, I, like, budgeted out this whole Batman suit that I wanted to build for myself, you know? And um, now I found somebody whose body armor I trust enough to do that. Right. You know? (laughs) After a while, I realized I wasn't in good enough shape to be Batman, though. (laughs) So (laughs) that was, like, the point where I decided, like, you know... Maybe hey, I'll just pay somebody else to wear it and go fight crime. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'll I don't buy know buy the suit, supply it to some crazy, really fit person, like a parkour guy. And I, then... don't, I
3: don't know if Jim's seen it or whatever, but as somebody I know who wore a lot of body armor that was issued to him like myself, <laughs> uh, it it looks a lot better than uh uh anything that I've ever experienced. Uh it's a very cool line. Uh I think I'm gonna go there's the tropical. Yeah line, <laughs> the black on black. Oh dude, it's uh it's the Aloha cool carrier. Yes. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yes. Sir. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we were checking it out. It's very cool, Jim. You'll have to go over there and look at it. Uh, you'll be jealous of all the years <laughs> that you, you were trudging around in the crap that they gave us.
1: <laughs> well, it's 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 one of those, man. The, the British Army—you were never going to get the best equipment. We never did, <laughs> despite all our riches and our and our uh, historical favor for war. We were always poorly prepared in most cases, and that still carries
2: true to this to this day. When did you get out, Jim?
1: I got out. Ooh, 2017, 18,
2: I think about that. 17, it would have been. Jesus, I didn't realize yeah. it was that recent. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you're you're remarkably well adjusted, man.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: That's it. That's it. Why now? So so, Jim, when you, when you got out, now I I don't want to dig into your time in in um, uh-huh. but but after the fact, um, you came out. Uh, I want to tie this in, talk to Lyman about this and you about this we've got a lot of war going on that's been going on i mean throughout throughout the history of the United states we've been uh country for like two hundred and fifty years, and we've been at war for like two hundred and thirty of that or something fucking crazy yeah. uh yeah. So, too much um, too much too much and then in recent the recent twenty years we've basically been at war you know nonstop and doing shit over in places that you know arguably we may not may not should be there, you know. Um, so, uh, what, what was your adjustment like when you got out of, of, uh, of, of, of the military gym and what kind of mental state were you in? How were you doing out of that? What was the impact that had on you in your personal life?
1: Well, I, uh, to be fair, I'd, I'd, I'd refer more towards Sebastian Younger's, uh, war. Have you heard much about him? The journalist? No. no. He went out there with a bunch of U.S. Marines. I can't remember the valley he was stationed in. It was pretty rough. He was in contact several times a day. Um, He started to document on why people started to miss it when they come back, why they started to miss being deployed. And essentially what his work led to finding was that, in essence, it's it's the sense of camaraderie. It's the sense of being close-knit and dependent on a tight unit, a small community where you're valued and where you have a role to play and then having been thrown straight back into this huge materialistic consumerism world where it's all safe and you're no longer valued as much as your key role. It's not hard to see then why people start to have those adverse uh, psychological symptoms in regards to PTSD, symptoms of depression, anxiety, you know, and especially when the care system is there isn't in place. Or is not in place as well. Right. Arguably, it's a lot better now, and I think most people will agree. Um, but there's still a longing to go back, and that doesn't come from tracer chasing. That doesn't come from being an adrenaline junkie. You know, as, as Churchill said, it's the best result to be shot without um, <laughs> without result. Um, but to be fair, it's it's you can understand and see why, in those close knit, dependent communities, you become attached to them. And it's, it's the bond of having that, your tribe, in essence. Yep. And he documented some in, interesting historical world uh, about the frontiersmen in settling in the New World when you know they, they did war with the na- multiple uh, tribes, the natives, the Native Americans. And when some of these frontiersmen were captured after they were, in a sense, liberated in the eyes of uh, their saviors and oppressors, they often chose to go back to the Native Americans, despite them living in uh, conditions that were assumed to be much more, quote unquote, savage than in the civilized world. Just really the,
2: interesting work. So it's done. like as humans, we sort of have this this inclination toward tribalism. We We want to be part Correct. of a unit. We want to be part of a community. We want to have a purpose. We want to fit into the puzzle that makes up our village. I think for me, that's one of the interesting things about the libertarian outlook, at least most libertarian people. Is that we uh, we we tend to have? I don't call myself a libertarian, but I mean, you know, the honest truth is like I, I apparently I identify a lot more with with that than uh, than anything else that's on the mm-hmm. table politically. Yeah, but you know, we have it. We want we want free trade, right, Lyman? Like, can I grow well, some fucking bet. veggies and just trade them with you without the government having to get involved? Is that okay? It certainly seems alright to me.
0: Um, uh, there, there's so much wrong with the system with regards to that right you know I mean let's talk about income tax you know the the founders believed that the tax a man's income was an abomination and uh, I, I believe that there's certainly room for uh, trade to be conducted between individuals without government interference
2: yeah I think so I think there's a lot of things that we could do without government interference like collect um, rainwater
3: I was about to say i gotta go get a permit taken out so I can collect rainwater <laughs> to water my garden that's it's illegal for me to just do that
2: yeah i got yeah, i got really insane. yeah we we yeah, last year year and a half ago we bought we bought a new house out uh, back where I grew up out in the country with a little bit of land and we had some animals and um I built this chicken coop for my birds and I put this gutter on the back of it. And then I had a barrel underneath the gutter and JC came over. He's like, Hey, 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 motherfucker. Watch out. (laughs) Cops going to see that shit. You can't be collecting the rainwater. You can't
0: Can you imagine getting busted for uh, collecting rainwater. That, that is just the craziest thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I actually didn't know that was a thing until then. And, and, um, that's not good. That's a fucking problem. No, no, no. You, you can't <laughs> buy
3: land and create a self-sustaining environment where you grow your own food, collect your own water, yeah. provide your own electricity. That's, that's totally illegal for, yeah. you, for you to set up something like that. And it's a prime example of just how poorly everything is constructed and how many regulations and permits and things are, are in crazy. place to keep you from uh, you know, basically
2: being your own person. That's it. I mean, being able to 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 govern your own life, which is to me that that's what liberty is, right? The the, the freedom. Did you see oh, that cocksucker Dan Crenshaw? You know who Dan Crenshaw oh, is? Yeah, what a dick. Lyman. Oh, I know. Yeah, red flag boy. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the fucking. Uh, I might have tagged you, Jim. I might have tagged you. I can't remember, but I know he, the guy. He just made a statement the other day, and he was like, "Freedom doesn't mean getting to do what you want. It means." the 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 it means having the ability to do what you ought to do and i was okay. like wow. this is the most oh, red coat shit you have ever fucking yeah. said hey less of the red
0: coat stuff oh yeah <laughs> he, is, he is a republic yes yeah yeah well see that makes sense right you know um Uh, that's why I couldn't align myself with the Republican Party. You know, they have shifted away from, you know, what they used to be decades ago and done so almost invisibly, right? You know, through small incremental changes to their platform to where, what are they now? You know, um, a problem, I would say. Um, Speaking about things that you're not allowed to do, um, you know, I'm looking at actually building a fortress home. There's a piece of land up here I've had my eye on for years. Uh, that might be available, I want to build a fortress home. Uh, I came to realize that in some states, you are not allowed to reinforce your home. Really? That's insane. You know why? Because it would make it difficult or impossible for a SWAT team to bust in. Can you imagine Mm -hmm. that? Yeah. (laughs) That you can't secure your own home. My God, that's a law I'll break all day, every day, no matter where I am. And and the funny thing is, come get me. Oh, look, it's fortified. You can't get in. So, well, have fun. (laughs) Uh, siege warfare
2: I love the idea of uh, of you know just anticipating a, a, a red flag raid and just uh, getting some mannequins in your house filling them full of Tannerite and ball bearings oh, and then putting some firearms in their hands and just oh I've got a better it work idea itself that, out naturally
0: well what if you had a, an entryway that you know they come into and they think they're in but in reality they're trapped and now you can gas them to sleep That's so that's the sort of thing I would do right if I'm building a fortress home uh, you bust into my place I can assure you there will be traps. You will be trapped. You will be gassed. You will be live-streamed and humiliated across the planet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> by
0: one man pushing a button on a remote, sipping coffee in his robe. You're going to release Roombas with claymores <laughs> attached <adds> to them? <laughs> Just, I don't even have to. You see, the ultimate demonstration of dominance, of power, is to uh, restrain your opponent with its little
2: forces necessary, right? You yeah, know, I mean, I can through. do
0: this in my robe, sipping coffee by pushing a button.
2: No one on this that call is, right quality. now is is going to fly on an airplane ever again.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus, I love it, man! But that's it. That's like quality. We, yeah. If you if you can't if you can't fortify your home and make your own castle safe, and you can't collect rainwater, we have we've gone too far. Yep. This shit has gone, gone yep, very far enough,
0: much so too far.
2: Jim, well, it's what,
1: a, it's an oxymoron, to be fair. I mean, America is hailed as, as the land of, you know, freedom as such. That's, that's what America means to a lot of people is the freedom from. But, you know, ranked 17th on the world economic freedom scale and as, as one of uh, a, an apparent conservative rep there in the Republican Party saying you're basically free to do what you're allowed to do. And uh, that to me is, is just insane. It's it's backwards, but I've gotta say I love the idea of just gassing a load of uh <laughs> a load of federal <laughs> agents to sleep. My my idea was solely based on the last Rambo movie I watched, but maybe I'm going <laughs> over the top. Maybe I'm looking into it too much.
2: No, I don't think so. But hey, whenever you got back, Jim, yeah, um you 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 uh you know you I don't know if you want to talk about this, but you, you uh you did some things to get your mind right. Yeah course what what was that like you want to get into that at all because I'm, I'm curious though i want to talk to lyman about that um not so much
1: no no it was it's, it's it's more of an ongoing journey can it can a man ever go back to being right after having done that and, and having been to war i don't i don't think so i think it's a part of you and i think it always will be and i think you you have to manage that and learn to live with it
2: um what are some of the things that you've done that have helped you? live with that and, and and obviously we're you know doing this in a in an environment where i don't know how it was in, in britain but i assume it's something similar to america but in america we have an abysmal support system for returning veterans it's not horrendous.
1: not as bad i think yeah 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 your a support system is terrible but ours is bad but it's getting better um your ptsd rates are much higher i think there may be a level of preparedness there i've I've uh, been inquiring into the National Guard recently, and I spoke to a few friends of mine who are still in the forces who served with Americans. Not, I, I looked after a fire team of about four U.S. Marines on my last tour, um, but I never conducted training with the military. I've served with them on operations. And he said there was a marked difference, um, what he believed to be in uh, aggression, It seemed to, he had a fun theory. He said the, uh, whether it was islander mentality, you see it a lot with the the Fijians who we serve with, uh, the Kiwis, the New New Zealanders, the Australians, that island aggression that's quite inherent. And uh, how he put it was, was basically he had a fun theory that the British army deliberately kept its troops pissed off and demoralized in order to keep them more aggressive you know the typical oh, wow. British soldier is one. You know we, we're miserable, we're, we're, we're grumpy, aggressive, but that's what helps us fight better. You are a grumpy better.
2: fuck. Yeah, well
1: I'm, I'm. You know I'm a Brit, red coat, self. You know
2: a lot of uh, a lot of soldiers that are coming back with PTSD. They're now finding they're doing studies on this with actual you know PTSD veterans mm-hmm. that uh, plant medicines and stuff like that, ayahuasca, mushrooms, uh, even MDMA. A lot of these things are helping these veterans who are coming back even cannabis right yeah. is is helping yeah. veterans who 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 went over there and fought um you know in, in their mind to protect the freedoms of the people i mean these are by and large some of the best people among us who really put their lives on the line i um, agree regardless mm-hmm. of what some people's views may be on on war and whatnot and not that mm-hmm. i support war but you know um people who genuinely in their hearts believe that they were going to protect their loved yeah. ones and their countrymen and there's a lot of beauty in that. And then they get sort of abandoned or they're told by the government, like, hey, you can't you can't go to, you know, an ayahuasca ceremony and drink plant medicine and, and unravel the, you know, the uh, the rat's nest of traumas and, and shit that went on in war. Um, and they, th- they've been restrained from being able to do that. To me, that is one of the one of the biggest tragedies is. You know, I've studied trauma a lot. Childhood mm-hmm. trauma. People who've been molested and raped and beaten and neglected and locked in closets and tied to fucking air conditioners and shit for days on end. And then you you can give these people or, or people who've gone to war, you can give these people as adults who've struggled with depression, anxiety and you know, suicidal thoughts and all this stuff their whole lives, give them some plant medicine, give them mushrooms or ayahuasca in a controlled, safe setting. And, uh, and, and and they can undo a lifetime of trauma, and the government has put you know these things into like a Schedule One category, which actually does have a definition. By definition, a Schedule One drug like heroin or cocaine, a has to have a high propensity for addiction, and B no medical benefits. And this is like the opposite of of, of these of these different medicines. Mm-hmm. The, they're completely non-addictive. It's a scientific fact in every way, and uh, and they have and they they, they have uh, immense medical application Lyman are you what are what are your thoughts on that stuff I know I know you're you know as a, as a good Christian man a godly man and all that you know it's probably those aren't probably up your alley if I were to just guess no
0: I, I really don't have a problem with it honestly um, you know I've read studies that say mushrooms can help with depression and, and trauma um, I'm all for it right well who am I to tell first of all who am I to tell anyone what they can or can't do um, you know, there's something I said the other night that, that really kind of stuck. You know, I told my wife, I, I'm not running for governor so I can tell people what to do. I'm running for governor so I can tell government what not to do.
2: There you go. So, yeah, yeah. It's
0: not my place to tell you what you can or can't do. If there is science that says uh, this particular uh, plant, let's call it a drug, fine. Okay, this particular drug might have a medicinal or psychological benefit. Fantastic. Do it. Um, you know, especially something that's natural that you just pick up off the ground or cut off a plant. Um, you know, these are things that God created for a reason. You know, I don't think that reason is to go out and, you know, have a party and goof around and do stupid things with it. But if they're, you know, but then again, that's your business too, right? Right. I'm not here to tell you what you can do or can't do. Um, you know, no, we'll, marijuana-
2: we'll leave that to Dan Crenshaw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. You're, you're
2: free to exercise all the freedoms that we approve that we- of. That we approve of, that's what we right. ought to do.
0: Right, yeah. So, you know, I, I know a lot of vets who uh, use marijuana. Uh, they say it helps them deal with this, that, or the other. You know, it's not always PTSD. It could just be the stress yeah. of, you know, having to acclimate to a new environment, right? I, I think for some guys, that's that's really what the issue is, right? They, they become accustomed to, as you alluded to earlier, the camaraderie. <clears throat> and that sort of camaraderie in a conflict environment, in a wartime environment, You know, it's something that shapes their their thinking and their culture, and then they come, and it's like culture shock, right, coming home. And, you know, if if any of these things help anybody for any reason, have at it. You know, again, I'm not here to tell you what to do. Not my place. If it works, if it helps, if there's any science behind it whatsoever, fantastic. I'm all for it.
2: Yeah, and my my thought on it is, is, and I think yours is probably similar, I would assume, but it's like it's not the government's job to tell you what to do in the in the space of your own home, in the peace of your own home, behind closed doors, or in any situation where you're virtually zero threat to another human being. Mm-hmm. They got no they have no place inserting themselves into that. And, and no, what theft,
0: that, no crime.
2: Yeah, that's it. And, and 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 yes, I do mean all the way into the really horrible shit like heroin, who I would hope and pray that no human being ever touches. Um, right. I, 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 I still believe. The government should have no place in um, in in regulating that, right? That's just, all the hard drugs
0: place. come from other countries. If they really wanted to keep us safe, they would shut down the borders and prevent that stuff from coming in in the first place. That's not their interest. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, well you're messing with supply and demand, for one. That's the issue. Yeah.
2: The, yeah. The, we we
1: all know why the, government, the war on drugs was created. Let's not be illusory about this.
2: Jim, weren't yeah. weren't you weren't you over there in Afghanistan protecting the poppy fields? Isn't that what you did over there? I
1: was, yeah. <laughs> according to some people, I was uh, just stood guarding poppy fields and, and and you know marijuana fields while I was reaping in the profits for the the big companies, the corporations that that ultimately send us to war, that control the puppets that send the people to the war and fight. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 insane. Some of the feedback you get off, especially in a lot of the. The, the truth and the, the woke community that alludes to that. I, I don't know. They must have thought a mailing style massacre was going on every day in Vietnam that we were just uh, ordered to shoot people like that happened in Vietnam. Sometimes in some cases that was applicable to Afghanistan. Uh, it's insane how far removed people are from reality at times, especially with their accusations.
2: Yeah. Well, there's there's definitely an interest that um, the ruling class, that the uh, the politicians who are becoming millionaires while we're conducting this warfare over there, um, they they have an interest in, in perpetuating this stuff, right? And there are, uh, we, we all the big pharmaceutical companies, you know, do use uh, poppies, um, opium in their opiates, right? We have a we have an opiate problem in this country that's been going on uh, for, lo- for a long time, and it's just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. We Mm -hmm. prescribe the shit out of these things. Doctors and pharmaceutical companies can't make it fast enough, right? And uh, you can abuse the shit out of these things, and everybody's fine with that because a doctor has this golden crown of authority that's been granted to them by the established education system and everything else and by the news. And all of the advertisements on the commercials are all like, hey, go to your doctor. Get some Xanax. It'll make you feel better. Meanwhile. Here's a fast food commercial. Here's a stressful fucking newsreel where we're just going to show you all the murders going on everywhere. Everybody wants some Xanax. And then they just kind of keep the opium coming in and keep feeding that. And it's a, it's a big problem. The war on drugs has um, has outlawed and, 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 and made a lot of things. Um, they've criminalized a lot of things that have caused more problems, right? Because now prohibition. Lyman, does prohibition fucking work ever? Can you think never, of a situation? Never.
0: <laughs> what, what they've done is they, they've criminalized the populace, right? Right. And now, and here's the thing. I think that uh, on some level, uh, the undercurrent of government trend and thinking is that that's what they want, right? Because if we're all criminals, if we've all got some sort of record, if we're all in the system, uh, then, you know, they can begin to. Uh, legally in their mind strip us of various rights they can begin to treat us as cattle without concern with with, with impunity right because um, after all we're criminals we're you know violators of the law we're we're dangerous for what a plant yeah. uh, or or for you know some poor fool that gets caught up in hard drugs because the government allowed it in and in some cases by some accounts they're even more involved in it than that right Well, back
2: in the 90s in uh, in L.A., there was a – who was it? I think it was a guy named Mike Rupert. Mike Rupert. You guys can look him up. Michael Rupert, R-U-P-P-E-R-T. I think it was Mike Rupert. He was, um, he was a cop for like 25 years, I think. He was a private detective. He was all this shit. And then he came out with the, the director uh, or the deputy director of the CIA at the time in like 1995 or some shit. He um, was doing a town hall meeting in like Oakland, California. And Mike Rupert came up to the microphone in the middle of the town hall in front of everybody and said, I've been a cop for 25 years. I've been a private detective, all this stuff. And I've got a handful of documents that proves that you CIA guys have been here shipping in drugs fucking up particularly black communities Mm -hmm. shipping drugs and guns into black communities and getting black people to kill each Mm -hmm. other and to um giving them the ability to do it and then using crack cocaine and all this stuff to fuck up and destabilize the whole thing and the cia was behind it all and the war and the war on drugs was uh was a, a, a really a carefully orchestrated success on behalf of people who wanted to fuck up uh, particularly black communities, but to destabilize and divide America by doing that, and that's I think the more people that can wake up to the reality of what the CIA and the government has done, um, what they've done intentionally, things you know, things like that, the war on drugs and all those orchestrations that were all fucked up, all the way to like MKUltra, all the way to the Tuskegee experiments, mm-hmm. all the way to you know all of the the, the Gulf of Tonkin incident in Vietnam. You know, the more that people are waking up, and I think the internet is a, is a great tool for this, to realize these are the last motherfuckers you want regulating your morality and 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 deciding. You know what you can and ought to do, what you should do. This isn't uh, this isn't a group of people that you want doing that. And you know? people
1: want to give them exclusively the right to decide yes. who gets to be dangerous. Like, why do you want to submit your freedom? Why do you want to submit your rights? Why do you want to submit your right to bear arms to these people it's yeah, these, insane to me yeah these incre- did- cries on the political left are so uh, are just so backwards there's it's so loaded with hypocrisy like we accept you know one minute they complain about police brutality and the militarization of the police which is a serious issue but then they say only cops should have guns i can't i, I just can't get behind there's just no <laughs> logic whatsoever it's insane complete
2: insanity yeah, yeah, the government's out of control. The police are out of control. Let's mm. give all of our rights to Trump the government. All the guns let's, to the. <laughs> let's give him
1: the guns. Trump's yeah, Hitler. let's give them the it's guns. Crazy. Like, crazy? Yeah, what's going on?
2: You know, I think um, you know, and something we talk about a lot on the podcast is is um, is is balancing out our energies, um, restoring proper balanced masculinity to our young men, right, or to all of our men, and proper balanced feminine energy to our our young women and to our women. And doing this through, um, you know, having a, 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 a strong and nourishing um, and sensible spiritual background in your life or a backbone in your life. And um, and then also all of the other things, the mental and the physical and the spiritual and and taking care of all this stuff. And so I've got I've got two boys. Right. So I've got a, a nine and a 14 year old. I'm on my 13 year old. He'll be 14 in a couple weeks. Um, but I've got a nine and a 14 year old. JC has a brand new baby boy. Um, and Jim, of course, you've got a little girl Lyman. You've got, mm-hmm. you've got two, two, two kids. Yes. Yeah. A boy and a girl, huh? Mm-hmm. So, you know, what, 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 do, what do you, I'm curious what you guys think about the state of, let's, let's just say, cause we're talking about warfare and we're talking about rights and we're talking about protecting our loved ones and all of these things that, you know, to me are sort of masculine principles. Right. And obviously, um, you know, the, the women in our lives and in the world have a, have a, have a huge place in, in, correcting the this imbalanced fucked up world too but we're all guys here so what do you guys think about the state of masculinity right now what are the young men up to how are things going are things going great you feel like things are not going so great what's the deal lyman what do you think
0: yeah well it depends who you are and where you live right you know i would mm-hmm. say for my son he is doing great good um, you know he's in a great environment where you know the influences that uh are in his life are positive he attends a, a private christian school up here and, you know, they teach godly principles, and they, they, you know, do a good job of educating the kids, you know, in a well-rounded way, right? So, and and of course, I, I share some of those same uh, philosophies and share that with my son quite frequently, and and so I feel that I'm doing a good job of shaping him into, uh, you know, a capable young man. He's certainly uh, smarter than I ever will be, uh, <laughs> and, and he's got an amazing moral compass, right? I mean, if I have a question, about some moral issue. I'll bring it to him. And, and I, you know, maybe I'll agree, maybe I won't, but I want to hear what he has to say, because at 15, I feel like he's old enough to understand, but pure enough to give a, a better answer in many respects. You know, he's not tarnished by years of frustration or, you know, anger about right. this, that, and the other. He's got a, a very pure mentality. So, you know, I would say for him that he's solid. Um, and it really comes down to that environment in in a lot of cases, right? And what are the kids being exposed to? You, you know, this influence, this toxic masculinity, as they call it, is really nothing more than propaganda, right? You know, that's been perpetrated by the media. Um, they don't want to have strong, independent people, especially strong, independent young men that that understand, um, you know, things like what we're talking about, right? The Constitution and and the values of our forefathers, the founding fathers, and why they did what they did. And, um, you know, that's dangerous to, to the, the system that they've built up around, you know, lies uh, across the board, you know, and with regards to my daughter, you know, she's actually homeschooled. She went to that Christian school for a while, but she decided she wanted to be homeschooled and uh, my wife did that prior to sending both of my kids to the, the Christian school. So she's okay with that. And, uh, she's a little older now they're she's 13, my son's 15 and, um, you know, so she's old enough now that she can kind of take responsibility for herself. And, and, you know, it's really interesting too, because she tends to model my wife who is very much a homemaker, but at the same time, she's a, an independent business owner and has been for many years and is very much. Uh, you know, capable in that sense. So I feel like my daughter, in the same way that my son is getting an education from me about all the things that I've learned and experienced and what I bring into my life, my daughter's getting much the same from my wife. And, you know, here, my daughter, you know, we pay her to do different things, right? Clean the house or or do this or that. And she loves it. And she can bake better than my wife, which is awesome because, you know, I can eat so uh, you know, it's, it really comes down to uh, the environment in so many cases. You know, nature versus nurture. Okay, well certainly nature plays a role, but I believe that nurture likewise plays an equal,
2: I think so, uh,
0: a role in, in these things.
2: I think so, yeah, I think kids are born, Every child is born with a skill set, a natural skill set from God and, and then you can really you can really uh, channel those those gifts and those abilities and those skills in a, in a healthy way. Uh, and you can minimize the amount of trauma that you inflict on your kids and the amount of trauma that you expose them to through external um, environmental factors. Um, or you can just, you know, just kind of keep them at a distance, throw them an uh, iPad and let them do their thing. And then they become a program that is running on the on the uh, the, the global system. Right. And right. It, it plugged into the matrix. And I, I love what you're saying here, because it's it's how we feel, too. I mean, you know, my kids uh they used to go to a a private christian school but they go to a public school now and and uh some people have asked me about that like man how can you have your kids in the public education system when you feel the way that you do but dude my kids we it's because i don't i don't let the public education system be the only education they get you know Mm -hmm. my kids are being educated every from the second they get into my truck after school until the time we go to bed and then we wake up in the morning and we're talking on the way to school and we're talking about philosophical stuff we're talking about more morality we're talking about spirituality where you know my kids understand that everybody of every race faith skin color gender whatever everybody's got their own shit going on everybody's got their own challenges everybody's you know living in their own reality mm-hmm. and they're projecting that outward and everybody has their own traumas they're contending with and everybody has different religious beliefs and my kids have a respect for all of that stuff and as young men you know they take <laughs> jiu-jitsu and and, uh, you know, they read and they write and they draw and it's just having, having a, a, a wholesome family situation for your children and being aware of, 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 the things that a kid needs and trying to form a, a good connection with them, I think is like one of the best things you can do. And I think that that is the kind of thing and Jim, tell me what you think about this. But I mean, I think that these family values are some of the things that we're that are sort of being stepped on and dissolved and, and slowly deteriorated by the, uh, By the political system, by the media, by Hollywood, by the music, all that kind of stuff. I don't know what you think about that.
1: Well, Adam, it's a tale as old as time. And I think we all know that. How do you subjugate a nation? How do you take over? Well, you weaken the men. It always has been the case. That's what you do. That's why they use all this weaponized feminism. You know, if you want to read some real studying on this, read it from one of the best. In the business, whose name isn't really well known. He was actually a male feminist. So, straight away, in my mind, that puts him as a snake. But since then, he's come to the limelight. Um, you know, it's it's The Boy Crisis. Have you heard of that by no. uh, Warren Farrell, Dr. Warren Farrell? Read that. He did the list of studying recently and found out all sorts of shocking data that a lot of people wouldn't consider because the constant, as Lyman stated, propaganda pumped into the mainstream about men always being the oppressors, women always being the victims. You know, they'll find out, you know, worldwide boys are 50% less than likely to meet basic proficiency in reading maths and science under women. And that's just one of many. That's that's shocking. And there's a whole picture to this, right? As you said, it's, it's the music, it's the propaganda coming through the mainstream media. It's, there's a whole slew of this barrage that's coming on to, to weaken and demean the men. Um, you can almost see the soy infusing out of them. Um, but for me, the, the the biggest principle will always be severing the connection between us and God, first and foremost, and then it will ultimately fall down to education. Always going to be. The, the, the revolution will not be won uh, by taking up arms and fighting. We need it there to be, just in case. I don't want it to be. I don't see any reason why it should go that way education is king and it always will be and these institutions uh, they have a long shady history the use of sexual liberation as political control was dawned on from you know the aftermath of the french revolution in the 1700s and it's still continuing to this day through the hands of the social engineers who want to mold and shape our world in the way that best suits them and it's all it's going to come back to a technocracy it's 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 the constant influx of consumerism materialism it all binds in we you know this 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 process is so uh, multifaceted you can't really isolate one without talking about the rest
2: lyman what do you think about the public public education system what would be i mean obviously what if i mean if you could get elected as, as governor of montana which i think is is extremely likely um given every factor in consideration here i think you've got an incredible shot at this uh, people online, I've seen the the support, just the outpouring for you. Everyone I've talked to about you and and doing this podcast, everybody's been excited. Everybody's waiting on this thing to come out. Um, you know, do you stop there at governor, or do you consider going on? And and then you know, you have a lot of things to tackle at that point, man. Well, yeah. You know,
0: so where to begin with answering that question? You know, um, first of all, the support has been amazing, more than I ever expected um i guess i didn't really know what to expect going into it i was just trying to do the right thing um and i'm getting support from people all over the state but more than that all over the country and and really unbelievably all over the world right i'm getting contacted by people from australia uh hong kong germany spain france the list goes on and on and what it tells me is that the people are are hungry for freedom right they're desperate for freedom um and that's amazing, you know, and I, I, again, I never really expected these things to, to take that sort of a, a you know, a turn where, where I would get that level of support and it's encouraging. And, um, you know, all I know to do is just to continue to drive forward, but now I apologize. What was the other part of your question? No, there? I was
2: just, I was curious about like how you feel about public education. I mean, I know oh, public, right. Thomas Jefferson was a public education guy and I, I, here's my thing is I, I, we've got the bill of rights and that's a thing and that. That's just what it is, and it fucking, it's written in stone, and that's, as far as I'm concerned, that's that. But then there's other stuff outside of that. There's there's public services like uh, the Postal Service, I think, should be completely abolished. It's a fucking mm-hmm. joke. As a business owner, the idea that the Postal Service continuously loses money on a thing that FedEx and UPS make shitloads of money on mm-hmm. is just <laughs> proof that it, it the government is not. Is not the candidate for handling my money. Mm-hmm. I'd rather invest the, the money that's going to the postal lot, post postal service. Matter of fact, if the government really wanted to do something cool, get rid of the postal service and invest that money. I'll fuck it. Go ahead and I'll give it to you. But invest it in FedEx or UPS. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they're doing the same thing and they're doing it so well that they're they're writing. They're making billions of dollars and the the executives at these companies are writing books that other business executives are reading, that are that are having positive impacts on other books. Right. This is like exactly the kind of capitalistic thing that you want to see. Yes. Um, instead of these government run programs doing that. Um, but, you know, the education system, you know, w- the well, before I go on, the the Postal Service is a thing that was very necessary at a point. Sure. There was once upon a time, you know, and I remember reading something about this, but like there there was a correlation between all these countries that had a postal service. Uh, and then countries that didn't. And then there was like a direct correlation with their, um, how well developed they were and their edu- you know, all this stuff was connected to that. So I think there's a, there's a time and phase in the growth and evolution of a country or a nation where it makes sense to have certain public um, um, programs and stuff like that agencies, whether it's education or it's postal service or whatever. Um, I've, Honestly, never put a ton of thought into the public education thing because I feel like, yeah, we need it. Not everybody can afford private schools, but I don't know. What do you think if you if you were to to be in a place of 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 political authority, you know, what do you how do you approach the uh, how do you, what's your outlook on the public education system for your right. state? Right, well, maybe
0: in particular in Montana, uh, not so much where I live, right, because these things are funded a lot by uh, property taxes and. Uh, this area is developing and values are going up. So there's plenty of money to go around. Um, the, the public schools up here are uh, at least well funded. You know how well the curriculum serves the children. Um, there's some issues there. Right. They're bringing in, you know, stories about, you know, my two dads or whatever it is. Right. And and that to me is just I think it falls back to the argument about masculinity and and the government's take on it and what they're trying to do to mold and shape the kids. That's an issue. Certainly, that's a problem. That sort of thing. That doesn't have a place in public school. Right. right? We don't need to bring any of that in, whether it's uh, the standard form of these things or the deviation. It just doesn't need to be touched on, except perhaps in a biological sex education type setting. Right um and even then you know yeah I don't, inter- I don't need that's
2: the i don't just... need the school system teaching my kid um who to marry or how to marry or or instructing them on the uh, the nuance of of marriage and relationships like this that, i don't care male female male male fuck it don't care mm-hmm. right That's right. just that's not their job let's do that at home it's not their job and you
0: know other parts of the state are, are terribly underfunded you know we've got kids in schools that are literally falling apart, right? Ceilings crumbling in on the classrooms, desks that are you know decades old, um, you know books that are, are falling apart. These kids do not have the resources to give them the ability to compete in the modern global economy, right? And these are absolutely some of the things I, I want to address. And, and there's a whole platform behind it, how I uh, uh, propose to go about doing it, and and that's probably going to dig a little deeper than maybe. Uh, we have time for or would be appropriate in this venue. But there is an economic plan. There is a financial plan that, number one, will put Montana in a position to be financially independent, to stand on its own two feet financially. And with that, we can fund schools, we can fund programs, we can do things to help the people in a real, genuine and effective way. And and of course, that is critical. You know, if we're going to raise up the next generation of Americans, and trust them with the greatest nation in the world, trust them with everything that our forefathers have built. We need to educate these kids properly and extensively. Uh, we need to figure out ways to help get them through uh, higher education without taking on a mountain of debt, right? Um, there's a long list of problems, but you know, one thing that encourages me and that I've seen my own children use uh, whether they're homeschooled or whether they're attending the private Christian school, when they have a question, they research it. That's one thing that the internet has done is it leveled the playing field with regards to accessing information. And I see them do this every day. They've got a question, they don't even ask me, they research it. They come to me with the answers, right? It's amazing. Yep. A- and that is a powerful tool. And I, and I hope that more and more You know, even for families that are living in areas that are underfunded, if they can get Internet access for their kids and begin augmenting their education directly under their own supervision, that is critical to forming the next generation of Americans and making them capable of carrying the torch of freedom and liberty and capitalism into the future.
2: Beautiful, man. I love love that. Mm -hmm. I love it. I don't Uh, even know what I just said. (laughs) <laughs> we got it, we, we recorded it so Sometimes it's all the good words just come
0: out you know uh, i get it man
2: that's t- that's tapping into that higher self that's that's it that's is, that's, right. that's our, our hippie lingo that's what we would say he's in a flow state that's what the, he's the
0: bible would say i do not come to you with superiority of speech but in the power and demonstration of the spirit right
2: i love that mm-hmm. beautiful i love that you know lyman you and i talked the other day and we were talking about religion a little bit Sure. And, uh, you know, we had this, what I felt like was a really cool moment on the phone, a cool conversation of sort of connecting, you know, you're a, you're, you're, you're a Christian and you have your belief system. And I you know was explaining to you that I have a different belief system mm-hmm. and, um, you know, this, this, That's Im- okay. this incredible thing happened where you mm-hmm. didn't hang up the phone on me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, see, and, and I make a big point. And in some cases, when people ask the questions, I'll delve really deep into my spiritual beliefs and what led me here, because that's a big part of it. Uh, but I'll be the first one to tell you that what I'm looking for and the people that I want to work with and the people that I hope will support me uh, is not predicated on agreeing with every subject right what i'm looking for is common ground do we hold common ground and if so is that the important common ground and and i'll I'll kind of focus things down right everything we've been talking about the constitution the rights of the people if we share common ground there i don't care what you do yeah right let's the enemy of my enemy is my friend right let's work together to achieve a common goal and you know in my opinion uh if you're a rational thinking person you're gonna allow people uh, the opportunity to believe what they wanna to believe, to express themselves how they wanna express. And, and you're not gonna take uh, offense to that. You know, If you have an emotional response to that, uh, that, that's a demonstration of your own weakness, of your own limitation. Uh, there's a guy up here, Rob Dupree, he, he's uh, one of the main radio guys on a uh, station up here, 98.5. And we've been talking over and over, uh, hours at a time, Ever since I announced, in fact, you know, before it was official and he's been a huge supporter, Um, you know, I'll be on the radio show there at least once because they're legally obligated to, but he wants to try to get me as a sit in on a regular basis. And, you know, he and I have the same discussions, right? We'll talk about this out of the other common ground. Great. Uh, He'll ask me a question about what I believe spiritually and I'll go into it and to whatever extent he wants to hear it and he'll tell me what he thinks and and his comment was almost identical to yours you know uh, uh, you didn't hang up on me right (laughs) you didn't get upset well of course not you know why would i wait it's not my place to tell you what to think or believe i'll be happy to share with you what i think or believe and and what you do with that is your business right um
2: you know i think there's a there's an incredible thing um there's this complex that is prevalent in society it's prevalent among republicans and it's prevalent among democrats and i've got friends on both sides uh some of my some of my 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 liberal friends are very good moral people right i got i got a buddy who has adopted a couple of kids he gives money to charity you know he really does he walks the walk right and uh and tries to do good work and but his his thing is I do all of this good shit. I, uh, you know, whatever. Everybody should do this. Everybody should give what they can if they can. Everybody should help out their neighbor. Everybody should do this and that. And therefore, I'm okay with a system of government that forcibly takes money from people to do those things. Right. And I think that's fucking crazy. Um, it is crazy. And then, and then on the other side, you know, I feel like the the on, on the other end is is uh, and I'm I'm keeping this within the frame of the Republican Democrat paradigm, right? Not including libertarian people who I think usually hold a different stance than this. But the, you got Republican people in my family and and particularly in my family and others um, down here in the Bible Belt, where it's like fuck everybody, fuck them. Mm-hmm. You know what? You're poor, you're stupid, you're disabled. Fuck them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like. We, we got a lot of those down here. We got a lot of those. It's like we, I pulled myself up from my own bootstraps and nobody helped me fuck them, you know, and it's like, no, nah. no, but that's not the right attitude. It's not the right attitude, but be, be good people and help people do that. But like, you know, I'm not going to force you to do it. And I think I guess what I'm trying to say, not not in a, not a very concise, articulate way is that a lot of people have a tendency to project and inflict their beliefs on other people. And it's like, if you don't believe the way I believe, you're bad. You know, if you don't conduct your life in the way that I do, you're bad. And there's just, I don't know, man, 80, 90%, 75% of the population does this. They mm-hmm. think this way. And so whenever I meet someone like you and you're like, hey, here's my Christian belief system. And I'm like, hey, here's my fucking weird cobbled together Eastern, Western spiritual mysticism type of thing. And you're like, fuck it, that's cool. You know, we can have a conversation. We can build lots of common ground. Um, how much better could the world be? Because that's really, that's really what, you know, if you think about it, that's really the problem in this left versus right liberal conservative paradigm is everybody's trying to enforce different fucking beliefs on everybody else. Right. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, um, you, you, you can't, you, you don't win friends that way. Yeah, All if I'm do really is walking
0: for, the walk... You know, with regards to self determination and the rights of individuals, how could I take any other approach?
2: You can't. No, you can't. Not successfully. That's it. That's it. You know. I uh man, I love it. I love everything that you're that you're doing, you know. Appreciate that. What what's uh so this is all the election stuff goes down in November?
0: November third, that's right, yeah.
2: Yeah. We need to get this war elephant on the road.
0: Yeah, yeah that, that cool. sounds
2: cool. Um, that
0: sounds cool. So what's really cool? All I got to do is buy a cargo van because LTC, the company I buy my armor from, um, they go out of their way to help me at every turn, and they have a vehicle armored division. And so I ran this by them. Look, this I'd like to build this, right? Um, uh, their response was, "No problem. We've got tons of panels back there. I'm sure we can set you up with whatever you need for free." Awesome. What a Love great it. bunch of people you know i was out there a couple weeks ago and i was talking to them and they asked me uh, you know who's your main customer you know who are you selling to um my response was look you know i don't always know who's buying from me but it's probably not a lot of cops these days because i've called them out Uh, we've got issues there it's certainly a a number of uh, military personnel but by and large it's the average american and it's their right and i jumped right into Uh, Now, did you know I'm running for governor on a very strict pro-constitutional, zero tolerance for infringements campaign platform, you know, and they loved that. And that just, I had to lay my cards on the table in full. If I'm going to do business with these people, if I'm going to expect them to to really understand me and and hopefully to get their backing across the board, I wanted them to know where I come from. and, And you know what? They're all in. And I love that. These are a good bunch of people. And here I'll get the elephant at, you know, a fraction of what it might otherwise otherwise cost. I just want to go for a ride. Can I go for a ride? You bet. Absolutely. Well, and here's the coolest thing about it. You know, I'll use it for my needs throughout the campaign. But moving forward, uh, that van will be used exclusively uh, to transport Patriot VIPs wherever they need to go. Right. It's my donation to the cause. It's not coming out of campaign finance funds. It's not coming out of other people's pockets. This is something I'm paying for. And I'm not a rich guy. When I moved up here, I had a thousand bucks to my name. And I don't have tremendously more than that now, uh, more than that, but, uh, you know, and enough to do what I want to do. But I'm not a wealthy man, not by any stretch of the imagination. But I look at it like this. My help comes from above, right? My help comes from God. So uh, I'm, I'm not afraid to, you know, go out on a limb and uh, put myself out there and say the things that need to be said or do the things that need to be done. And the van is just kind of an expression of all of that, right? Uh, we're free to do what we what we wish. I'm paying for this out of my own pocket. Uh, as a demonstration of my commitment to everything, I pay for a lot of this out of my pocket. Uh,
2: How many people do you guys have in, in Montana, roughly? Uh, volunteers? No, I just mean in general. Like, what's your population? Oh, do you oh, know what your population is? It's, it's about a million people. That's crazy.
0: Jeez. We're Which the crazy. largest state in the union. And we've got I think it's just short of a million people.
3: Yeah. When you were talking uh, about the van earlier, I didn't even think about the logistics of campaigning in such yeah. a large state where the population right. is small and it's so spread out. I mean, Texas is huge, but we also have crazy interstates and highways and you can write 90 everywhere and it's pretty easy to get around but yeah
2: well what do right. we got 4 or 5 million people in Dallas like the metroplex area oh easy yeah you know what i mean 4 or 5 million people we have suburbs with a half right. million people you mm-hmm. know what i mean just suburbs scattered everywhere and um, i don't have any idea what our statewide population is but probably 20 million people or something like that oh, wow. um so i guess what i'm thinking here is so we we we've, we've got a million people in montana we have to reach to do right. to do we the do. lord's work yes um and uh, we're
0: historically 260,000 votes will, will win it.
2: OK, 260, 260. Yes, that's no
0: problem. You smash that. Yeah, we could. do I'm hoping, I know. You know, I, one thing is for certain, and this is what I want people to know and understand more than anything else. If I am elected, it will be a huge power play for the people, perhaps the biggest power play for the people in, in history. Right. I mean, short of the Revolutionary War itself. But perhaps even more importantly, because we're fighting for that, which we've already won, and we stand to lose. And it is so critical that we take this step now, that we take these actions to ensure our way of life, not just for us, but for our children. And it would be a huge power play for the people. And that's what I'm after. That's what my goal is, to truly set the people free and restore their rights back to their original intent. And I think if the people can hear that message, just that little soundbite, they'll know who to vote for. Because finally, they've got somebody that's looking out for their interest
2: rather than their own. I love it. We'll make sure that as many people as possible hear that sound. Absolutely.
1: By. Yeah. All day. <laughs> yeah. All day. Ready for war, but not <laughs>
2: <laughs> deployed. <on. laughs> but not looking for it. We're ready, but we're not
1: looking for it. You know, that's
0: what it is.
2: Calm down, Jim. Jesus Sorry, Christ. I
0: just get <laughs> tied Calm up. down. I hey, you know what, though? He represents the thoughts of a lot of people. There's a lot of mm-hmm. young people out there that are very frustrated right? They're watching their future get stolen from out from under their nose. They're watching their government, their way of life, everything that their forefathers fought for being molested by a group of pedophiles, right? I mean, this is the reality of their situation, and they're ready to burn it all down. And what I'm trying to do by calling out all these things, whether it be Uh, you know, financial concerns or political concerns or, you know, issues related to the police and their handling of the citizens. These are all legitimate claims. And what I'm trying to do is openly legitimize those complaints. If you don't do that, you'll never have a functioning society. And you will always have a segment of your society that feels disenfranchised and is ready to take whatever action is needed to rectify it. And we need to be able to do this in a way that does not put the the most vulnerable members of our society at risk which is exactly what would happen if we take things to a violent level. Yeah. We need to be looking out for the single moms with the little kids, the elderly, the disabled. These are the most vulnerable members of our society. If it was just guys like you and I on the planet, we our, our votes would happen by way of fighting and warfare and and nobody would think anything of it. That's just how it would be. Uh, But we've got other people we need to think about, vulnerable people who we're trying to protect, people we care about, people that quite honestly can't do it without us, right? And so that's what's so critical about doing things this way.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: We
1: need
2: to be be good stewards. Go, Jim.
1: So how do you advise uh, Lyman? Just a quick one. Obviously, hopefully this gets out and. A lot of people hear this, especially in your district. How do you advise, maybe not so in, in Montana where things are, are getting swept up beautifully by yourself so far, but in other states like uh, in enemy lines in there, over in California, how do you advise people start to help and get involved at the local level? Because I'm a firm believer in you that it's going to be at the local level where this gets solved. There isn't right. going to be well, any golding. There isn't going to be a massive swooping change uh, that covers the country. Everyone's going to have to fight for it individually in their own areas.
0: I'm hoping that the things that I do will serve as an example to others, other individuals to run for office, other st- uh, states to follow that example. Uh, that's the best we can hope for, right? I'm limited in what I can do. I- I'm one man. And quite honestly, I've been doing all of this myself. Everything that you've seen, everything that I've said and done, I don't have a support system. I don't have a security team. I don't have you know, much in the way of a a campaign structure yet. We're still building these things. I am very much alone, but you know what? That goes to show that one man really can make a difference. One man really can affect change. And if I can do that, and if others come up alongside me, we become that much more powerful. So people in other states that share these concerns, they likewise need to be trying to run for office and it doesn't have to be governor. They can run for any viable office, whether it be mayor, city council. It doesn't matter. We need to fill the seats of power with people that know and understand and believe in the Constitution and are willing to put everything on the line to ensure its safety, not just for our generation, but for generations to come, unwavering dedication without compromise.
1: And last uh, a last question on that, which I think you answered it beautifully. Um, what do you believe... In regards to the shift in demographics that are coming across, it's apparent that, um, you know, migrants come from all walks of life and and, and immigration of the right kind is good. But what can't be ignored is that um, immigrants are overwhelmingly in favor of absolving these rights, which, you know, most Americans typically hold so dearly. What's your thoughts on that?
0: I'll be honest. If I were president, I would put a 20-year hiatus on all immigration. The borders are closed. We're going to get our house in order before we even consider doing anything further along those lines. That's what I would do, or at least what Mm -hmm. I would want to do. It seems the only logical solution. You know, we talked about drugs getting into the country, hard drugs, heroin, what have you. Um, There's only one way to control that, and that's with border controls. Right? That's one of the things I liked about Trump. And now I do have a heart for the people of the world that need help that want a better way of life, there has to be another solution. One solution that I heard that I thought was great was work visas, right? We Mm -hmm. can bring these people in to work. We can provide them safety and security, financial prosperity, but we don't have to give them citizenship. We don't have to open the doors like California is doing and saying anybody that walks over the border gets health care at the cost of the taxpayers who are paying through the nose for it. The system is broken top to bottom, and only logic and reason is going to be sufficient to save us.
1: I completely agree with you. I mean, my, my position here was founded here solely based upon circumstance, as, as it were. My, I met my, my wife, she's San Diegan, and uh, she fell pregnant. And at the time, I, I had lost uh, my job back in the UK, which I hadn't really cared much for anywhere since leaving the, the military. Um, so I, I, didn't, I didn't want her to be a, a single mom in California raising the daughter of her own. And luckily, my green card application was, you know, processed much quicker. But now I want to, there's a lot of values I share in America, you know, the, the right, freedom of speech and the right to bear arms being the most key and pivotable. Um, and I want to give back to the country. And, you know, I want to help protect what uh, values like us as men really keep to the core of what we're about. So, well, yeah, yeah it's, that's it's that's great.
2: it. I mean, if you have if you I'm all about I'm all about immigration. And I really, really am probably more so than anybody even on this on this, you know, on this call right now. Um, uh, being born and raised in Texas, I, I, I grew up with a lot of my friends that were illegal immigrants as kids. You know what I mean? Who were trudging through the desert with a backpack full of water. You know what I mean? For four or five days um, to get over here and. A lot of these guys I grew up with and, and some of these guys, you know, still, um, you know, are, are in my life in different capacities. And, you know, you talk to them now about like how they got here, why they got here, what their life was like. And as a father, you know, if I was in a shithole place um, and there the the cartels were decapitating people and hanging their heads on telephone lines outside of my mud hut. I think I wouldn't fucking backpack up with my kids and carry them Absolutely. five days through the desert. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. You know, and this is the reality that a lot of these these people um, are, are, are coming from. Um, but uh, I talked to a buddy of mine, Felipe, and he's like uh, he, he he got here through the desert. And he said, yeah, we um, we waited five years for our our paperwork to get processed. We waited over there patiently there. People were getting killed in our town. All this terrible shit was happening, and over the years I had friends dying, and then they just sat around and waited for like five years, and then they kicked their paperwork back for some stupid-ass reason for a typo or something after five years of waiting, and he's like, fuck it. And he brought his family over here. And it's like, America could be, but but by the way, a person who at least tried to do it the right way, and this is a guy who supports um, all the freedoms like Jim's talking about, right? Jim's an alien, but he came over here. He supports what we stand for. An and alien, <laughs> outer space yeah from outer space literally and um uh anywhere that's not texas is outer space to me so uh i mean you sound like you're from outer space so i assume you are but uh I, you know for me i think that the the immigration thing is like we you can't let people flood into the country and vote in your system you can't do that that to me that you can't do um but you also need to have uh, whatever it is. I'm not, and I'm not even saying Lyman's idea of a moratorium on all immigration is like the worst idea. I'm not saying that. But like in my view, you just fix the fucking system so that it works. You know what I mean? It's like if you've got a broken door to your building, just fix the door. You don't just board up the door. But let's fix it. Let's make it. Let's make that revolving door work better. Or let's make the electric doors open automatically like they're supposed to. Or let's do whatever. But if there are good people that can come over here and contribute to the workforce contribute to society and if we got to pay taxes they're paying taxes too and but 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 there there is to me it's insane to think that those people coming in from vastly different cultures vastly different backgrounds and situations and geographies and and all of that should come over here and immediately start flooding our political system i don't i don't think that that should be I don't know what that should look like exactly, but I don't I know that that's not healthy in any natural sense.
0: That's a strategy of the Democrats because right. they know overwhelmingly these people will vote Democrat across the board without understanding the issues or really for that matter, caring because you know, the goal is that they get something out of it, right? And so yeah. therein lies the problem. um, you know, it's it's not so much about. Uh, bringing in immigrants, but it's about giving them citizenship and and equal say in in our nation, right? That's certainly something that the founding fathers would have taken issue with if they could see the issues we face today. And, um, you know, I think somewhere in there, the answer is, well, as it usually is, right, somewhere in the middle. Um, and, and I think that maybe that that middle position is to allow people to come in without giving them citizenship, without giving them the right to vote, without giving them a ridiculous amount of benefits at the cost of the American people. Like you say, you got a father down there living in a mud hut with uh, cartels killing people. Yeah, get that guy out of there. Get them yep. all out. Of there. Um, you know, uh, let me take it a step further. And you know, look. Sometimes I'm a little bit of a hothead, but here's the thing. If I was Trump. Uh, I'd be waging war on the cartels. I don't care if Mexico likes it. I would be absolutely obliterating these people off the face of the earth. They're murderers. They're scoundrels. They're criminals of the highest order. I, I would simply, you know, uh, drone them into oblivion. Now, again, you know. <laughs> you know, the I problem like with the, Yeah, I love, I love him. But, <laughs> I
2: love him, man. But the reality is if they if they drone the shit out of the cartels, they're going to kill a lot of CIA operatives. <laughs> oh God,
0: Isn't that the truth? Well, you know what? They've got it coming. If that's the case, they've got it coming.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, the most. And I, no mercy for that. No. the well, Who was it that said, like, the most dangerous thing about marijuana or the only way you're going to die from marijuana is that uh, if it falls out of an, a CIA drug plane and hits you on the way down.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's probably <laughs> Joe true. Rogan.
2: I think is who that was. It's accurate. I can't remember. Yeah. The only way you die from marijuana is if it falls out of a CIA drug plane and hits you in the head on the way down. Yeah. And that's an
1: honorable cause for the for the military, right? Going back to all these, uh, you know, the, the people in the truth seeking community and the woke community that always think it's somewhat used for nefarious purposes. That would be a a war I would happily be willing to wage. As if, if, if as Lyman stated there, if Trump just said, "Listen, wage war on the cartels," I'd sign
2: up tomorrow. You guys, listen. And, There's a go ahead, Jim.
1: No, no, go go for
2: it. There's a there's a reality down here in Texas. And I know that people in Arizona um, and I think people in New Mexico, too, I assume um, uh, my girlfriend and I a couple years ago, we were going to meet up with JC in El Paso and we had my camper and my truck. And before we went to El Paso, we were headed to Big Bend, uh, which is a, a beautiful national park and a state park in West Texas. Uh, Texas has this big panhandle thing and um, uh, it's called Big Bend and the, uh, the Rio Grande River has a big bend and it's beautiful and there's canyons and all this stuff we're driving down there in broad daylight and about 50 miles this side of the border like in the heart of texas 50 miles in we pass a mexican army armored personnel carrier laden with mexican troops hanging off of this thing with automatic weapons and body armor and all this shit a big mercedes uh apc and just drives right past us it was terrifying. This is because, on U.S. soil? This is 50 miles inside of Texas. Wow. And we're terrified because we um, – uh, I used to have a friend who, who uh, was um, uh, worked Border Patrol down in uh, Laredo, which is right on the border. There's Nueva Laredo on the Mexican side and Laredo. So in here in Texas, we have cities that are literally cut in half by the border. So a lot of people don't realize that. We have like El Paso and um, – what's right across the fucking border from mm. el paso it's juarez we have juarez and el paso isn't it juarez yeah you don't know Or am Madam Mattamor- no matter morris down in brownsville but that's another yeah. one too so we have matamorris and brownsville right and it's basically one city that's cut in half by the border and you have people that work on one side and travel across the border every single day and live over there and all that stuff but anyway um this buddy of mine Uh, it would show me pictures and tell me stories and, 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 um, they would, they would bust, um, they would bust, do a drug bust and they would pick up thousand pounds of cocaine or, or, or pot or whatever. This is like 10, 15 years ago and they would bust, you know, a thousand or 20,000 pounds of this shit and they would start bringing it back to the, to the sheriff's office or to the, uh, border patrol office and the fucking Mexican army would come into up into Texas, And 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 pull over the Border Patrol at gunpoint and steal the drugs back for the cartel. And this would not make the local news, Mm -mm. you know, but this this guy finally stopped working down there. He said, man, it's fucking ridiculous. There's there's no support. It's obvious that the government is is complicit in this. The government's not giving us the support and they're not listening to us. Then the cartel is looks like the cartel has basically been directed do not kill the border patrol agents, but you can hold them at gunpoint and steal the drugs back for the cartels or the, or the Mexican army. The Mexican army is coming into Texas, stealing drugs back from our border patrol and from our sheriffs in our, our city. Yeah,
0: See, that's an act of war. There's only one way to respond to them.
2: Yeah, 100 percent, 100 percent. But it, these are the kinds of problems that are not being talked about on on any political stage. And I, I get as Governor Montana, this is not really your fucking uh, problem. No, it,
0: it matters to me. And believe me, I'll talk about this. You know, this is a big issue. The, the things I'm talking about don't just affect Montana. Right. I mean, this affects all of us. And, and my concern is not limited to just Montana. I mean, what you're telling me right now uh, literally makes my blood boil. Right. You know, I, I told you before, I'm a hothead at times. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Right now you got me a little bit fired up because that is something that I can absolutely not tolerate in any way, shape or form. sounds like honestly, everybody needs an elephant right about now. Yeah. Uh, And it's Juarez, by the way, I looked it up. Yeah. Juarez and El Paso seem to be, you know, essentially one big city split down the middle. Um, I cannot even for the life of me believe how insane something like that is, and and you know to hear you tell me that that's what's happening, that is a major problem, and that's something that we need to uh, bring to the attention of the American people quickly. Well, well why don't we? Uh, well, as a country, why don't we pull out the Americans
1: out of the 300 or so military bases across the world and actually put them on the ground defending our home, rather there. than having this invasion coming in.
2: There you go. I mean, if there's if there's one thing that I that I could agree on that the uh, that the federal government should be here for and one function that they should perform, it's it's the security of our fucking borders. That's like the one thing I think that I'm on board with is. But, yeah. haven't you seen that the
1: Iran wants war? Haven't You seen that? Did you see how close <laughs> they put their country to all those U.S.
2: bases? Those bastards. Yeah. They, picking they're picking their country right next to our bases like that.
1: Those fuckers. And you know what, going back to Dan Crenshaw and, you know, the the Warhawk style uh, neoconservatives really came out in full force when the Republican Party went all that went in the air. In fact, the Conservative Party and the Democratic Party were equally united in their uh, happiness for another potential war, which has since calmed down
2: right and, and and meanwhile, as a Texan going on vacation with my girlfriend and my dog and pulling a camper I am I'm, I'm genuinely have every reason to be worried that I'm going to get fucking mobbed by the cartel or by the Mexican army. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and uh, friends of mine who are serving on the border patrol are you know are, are getting held at gunpoint because by the Mexican army, fifteen miles inside of the Texan border, uh, so that the Mexican army can recapture drugs that were stolen and taken back to their masters at the cartel um it's it's there should have been a
0: massive response to that before they ever got back to the border
2: didn't make the Mm -hmm. local news didn't make the local news and if you want to have any question that should that should remove any question that the government is complicit in this right because it's 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 all all of this information is is suppressed and and not and not released but i mean you can go down to laredo it's on i-35 you can take it right down through austin Go down to the border and just go to Laredo and hang out at the hotels, hang out at the bars, hang out at the truck stops and just see what goes on. And the cartel run Laredo just as much as they run Nuevo Laredo on the Mexican side. The cartels run it. And, um, you know, your people are constantly literally being decapitated and being vivisected alive and left on the streets and, you know, um, fastened to the sides of buildings to send messages to people who. You know, if you live in in Texas as a Texan American person down there, um, y- you you know that you, you are not ever going to speak to the police about anything because the Mexican army or the Mexican cartels will kill you inside of America and they will. There's no accountability. There's no repercussion. It's the fucking Wild West. And um, that kind of stuff matters to me, you know, because that stuff, uh, it's in my home state and you see. Uh, a lot of policy and a lot of legislation and a lot of a lot of chitter chatter and, and noise and static about border control and is it is is the border control being handled well? Is it not being handled well? And it's like you motherfuckers never come down here and look because if you did, there'd be no question. And there's a lot of things that we could be putting our effort into. That's like like Jim said, we got we got troops in 300 different military bases all over the country, but I've, you know, we got people, our own people, back home being held at gunpoint by the Mexican army. It's crazy. Right. crazy. So I'm glad that that actually matters to you, Lyman, and and um, maybe maybe one day that'll that'll be addressed on on a bigger stage because it's probably not just Texas. It's probably Arizona. It's probably uh, probably New Mexico too. I don't know, but certainly it's happening here.
0: Well, listen, we share a border with uh, with Canada, and there are you know cartel presences here in the state. They are limited and they are small in number, but they are here. And they need to be dealt with. So this is an issue that, you know, again, you're facing on a higher level. But this is something that if Montanans don't put in check, we'll be right where you are in no time.
2: Well, thank God we've got somebody uh, really trying to represent the people. And I believe, um, just to put on record, my endorsement for Lyman Bishop for Governor of Montana. And, um, you know, I think that that's uh, that you're you're a champion of the people. You're here to be a conduit um, for for the will of the people and to be a, a, a voice for your people there in Montana and for people around the rest of the country, even aliens like Jim, and, um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, for, for, for everyone to have uh, hopes of, of freedom and liberty yeah. and prosperity and to have the freedom to control their own destiny, control their own uh, their own ability to, to pursue the things that they love and the things that they want to do and the things, you know— um, that, that that fulfill them in life and to protect themselves, protect their families, uh, to collect rainwater, to, to trade for, you know, to trade <laughs> with their neighbors without, uh, getting arrested for not paying taxes on the oranges I traded for your apples. Um, what you're doing is representative of, of so much, uh, of the American spirit. And, uh, I'm really stoked to, uh, to, to have been able to have this conversation with you guys, um, and Lyman, Any, anything we can do to support you, we're here to do it. Uh, now, what, what, if anything, what can we do? What can the people do? What message can we give the people on how we can support you uh, besides getting this podcast in the hands of as many people as we can? What, what can people do to support you in this whole thing?
0: You know, I, I would tell them, you know, first and foremost, go to the, the campaign website, right? Read the things that I've written. There's a series of documents that I've put up, things that I, re- I wrote myself. Um, and There's some of which that I'll reveal later. Um, I'm trying to be strategic about some of the information that I put out, and um, that being the case, they, there's a number of documents that will be released sequentially over time, uh, but there is lots of good information there. It's uh, lyman2020.com, Lima, Yankee, Mary, Alpha, November 2020.com, and um, you know, they can see what I'm putting out on, on that website. They can donate there. I, I don't like asking for donations. I really don't. Um, and I probably need to, but it's just not something I'm comfortable with. I I look at it like this. God put me to task. Uh, he's going to provide what I need. Um, if there's people out there that are short on money, don't donate. I don't need your money. God will provide. Don't worry about it. You know, if there are those who, you know, feel inclined, great, fine, you know, have at it. It's all there. Um, you know, but more than anything, I'm just interested in getting the message out. To be honest, if we do our job right here, we probably don't really even need to worry about money, right? Because I'm not doing TV campaigns. Um, You know, there's, there's a whole list of things that cost money that we don't need to do. All we really need to do is get the word out. And so to that end, I would say the most important thing people can do is to share this information with their friends, share the things that they've heard me say with their friends, share the website with their friends, direct them to those areas, whether it be Instagram, Lyman Bishop for governor. Um, or the, the, the Facebook page of the same name, direct them there, direct them to the information, let them make up their own mind. But it's all about spreading the message, getting the word out. Because again, I feel like if every Montanan could hear me speak, you know, take those sound bites and, and drop them into a, a five minute message. If the people could hear that, I, I have absolutely no question that we would win this thing in the biggest landslide in history because the people of Montana understand these things, they believe these things, they're willing to fight and die for these things. What they don't have is someone who's running for a position of authority within the government to represent their concerns, their values, and to ensure their future prosperity. That's something we don't have until now.
2: I love it, Lyman. I love it, man. We're we're all in on this thing, and uh, and we'll do everything we can to support you. Like I said, we'll see if we can't get a. Uh, I'd like to do a little, maybe like a promo video. We can, we can get sit something. up here, chill, have a beer, and, and put together a little promo video. Put together some some clips from this conversation. I think that'd be kind of cool. Be kind of fun. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then all you owe me for that lineman is a ride on the fucking elephant.
0: Look, <laughs> that's easy to do.
2: <laughs> well, everybody, uh, if you're listening to this. Um, go, 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 go to, go to, it's, it's, uh, it's Lyman 2020. That's right. Yes. Lyman 2020.com. You can find them on Instagram. Uh, what was the Instagram again?
0: Uh, Lyman Bishop for governor. That's the official name of the campaign organization.
2: Okay. Lyman Bishop for governor. It's on uh, Instagram. It's on Facebook. Lyman 2020.com is the website. Um, Lyman doesn't want to ask for donations. I will ask for your donations. I will donate uh and uh you know if you if you can if you can support him with anything um if you if you're about freedom and personal liberty and uh the pursuit of of, of liberty and justice for all uh you can do what you can to support this because this this could be the uh the spark that ignites a flame and this is uh this is a time when we need it more than ever so if you're a freedom-loving american or a freedom-loving alien do something to support (laughs) this man and uh that's that's about it, man. That's all I got. We'll probably do this again. Um, we'll probably sync up again before the election, I would think, Lyman. Will be in, we'll be in touch and be happy come, to do so. come back and check in on this. Jim, you got anything, bro? No, I enjoyed it.
1: I uh, love the work obviously Lyman's doing. I love you guys at the Wayfinder podcast. I didn't say it before, but the post that was on uh, Hoplite Armor about uh, Jesus chasing the very Pharisaical uh, that's right. federal reserves. Out with a whip, that was amazing. Yeah. I like that. That was a nice touch. I, all I need to do now is convince my wife that we're gonna uh, move to Montana and I'm gonna try and get on Lyman's personal security detail because I'm guessing he, he may need it. Hope that, right?
0: <laughs> well, that meme summarizes my attitude, right? You know I, I, I always want to try to model myself after Christ. but let's not forget that you know he did in fact turn over tables and drive people out with whips. Uh, when they were conducting Mm -hmm. the money changers in the temple. And you know what? That's what the bankers are. That's what our government is for the most part. It's time to kick down doors, turn over tables, and drive people out with whips. And that's what I'm here to do. And that's why I love that meme so much.
2: I love it, man. I I love it. On that note, man, we can call it. Thanks for joining the Wayfinder podcast. This is Adam and JC in studio. Jim, the Brit, the resident red coat in San Diego. And uh, the great and powerful Lyman (laughs) Bishop. We love you guys. God bless everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you soon.
1: Thank you. Thank you. God bless.